I'm pretending like I know what I'm doing, but I don't actually know what I'm doing most days. The most important thing we can teach our kids is to recognize that everybody's just winging it. Because you need to integrate that with your content. Oh! I think I want to do that. That looks like more fun. It's episode 97 of the EdTech Loop podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and she's been attempting to 3D print snow tires for her Hyundai Elantra. It's Danielle Brostrom. And we are also joined by Northern Michigan Sensei of STEM, Drea Weiner. Multiple snow days have allowed for additional time to meditate on this week's moment of Zen. To appreciate the beauty of a snowflake, it is necessary to stand out in the cold. After several failed attempts, to brave the icy roads, we've decided to stay home and fabricate this week's meat of the show. STEM heats up in Northern Michigan. So that's, I, I, I wasn't worked, ready for any of that. I, I, worked, I worked really hard to come up with a, a title. That took you all week to write. That, that was that. not no, about the last 15 minutes. <laughs> come on. There's no prep here. You know that. Okay. So thank you for joining yeah. us, Drea, because I know your schedule is crazy. We've got tons of questions about what you do and what's happening mm-hmm. in with STEM in Northern Michigan. Uh, I don't think we've actually covered a lot of STEM so far this year. No. So fill First us in. One. Fill All us right. in. So yeah, so I'm the regional director for the MySTEM Network, and the MySTEM Network is a statewide effort to um, make sure that there's a cross-curricular look of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Are we teaching those areas? Are we teaching them in an integrated way? Are we teaching them in a way that prepare our students for life beyond school? Are we teaching them in a way that's applicable to the workforce? So that's kind of the MySTEM Network in a nutshell. I can talk to you about that for like hours on end. End, but we'll we'll end on that particular note. Go ahead. You've got you've got I've questions go more. So don't wait for me. Just <laughs> yeah. jump right in. No, I'm just curious about the connection with business. You know, in typically in schools we think about how how we're teaching these skills kind of on our own. Yep. Can you talk to me about the connection with business? Why is so, that important? Uh, I would say that this is important because um, right now in Michigan, um, businesses do not want to engage. They do not want to invest in education. They do not understand the importance of engaging in education because they're having to do a lot of apprenticeships, a lot of workforce, work-based learning within their own house because kids do not have the skill sets in which they need. And that's everything that's been expressed for me, like kids cannot problem solve, kids cannot critically think, they're not showing up on time, they don't have basic mathematics skills. Uh, They don't understand taxes, which is, I don't know if I always fully understand taxes, to be completely honest, but like having to sit down and explain, like, here's the math on how you budget out your life because we do withhold your taxes from, from this end of things. So from the business end of things, they're just like, we we don't understand. You're not giving us what we need. Now, from the educator side of things here, we're like, we're in charge of these kids from eight until three or whatever your school day is. And like, we're teaching your kids collaboration and how to talk to each other. And here's the content that we're teaching them. And here's like another legislative edict. And here's what our school district's coming from. And like, there's all these different components from a teacher's perspective over what they're having to do as well. And there's a disconnect between um, why a kid has to learn fractions in um, elementary school and like how that actually gets applied in the workforce. Because um, 
Danielle, you and I have worked with 3D printing and looking at decimal places. And so for engineers, when they're creating prototypes, if something's off by a fraction, you need to one, understand what that fraction is and two, understand like, if your materials shrink by 1%, how do you change that to make sure that like your materials don't shrink um, and that your prototype is actually fitting what it's supposed to fit? And that's and that's really the disconnect that we're trying to close of like, how is your education applicable to a real world setting as well? And fitting that need that businesses are desperately crying out for because there are some people that will hire you for $60,000 on the floor in a manufacturing plant and I'm pretty sure that's not the entry level of a teacher. So, like, how, how do we, yeah, how do we make sure that kids can also get jobs and stay in your communities and be able to contribute to the economy? Once again, that's another, like, huge But the, this is such an important thing, but it's yeah. such a large task, Drea. How are you, how are you getting started with this and how is the MySTEM Network finding a place where they can connect businesses and educators. Yeah. So a part of that is um, right now I'm doing a needs assessment um, of the whole region. So I cover TBA ISD and I cover SHAR MISD. And so it's everything from looking at assessment scores, um, looking at what are the needs that the teachers have expressed to me. It's looking at the workforce data over what's projected to grow in the next 10 years. Um, It's looking at, okay, so if I'm going out and meeting with companies, what are the top five things coming up, like bubbling up through those conversations, trying to figure out where these needs and what's being discussed and like, how do those align? And it is a huge task and I'm not in any way, shape or form getting it right, right off the bat, but it's kind of one of those things of like, how do I make sure that we're building in that iterative process of like, okay, so last year I've heard a lot of teachers needing, like, I need help for supplies for, cause science is more expensive than an ELA project in your classroom. I need help. And I was just like, okay, I'll figure out how I can help you. Well, now that we're there, how do we how do we move forward with like what does this cross curricular component look like? Um, who's actually doing it in your classrooms, or who's um, who's trying to do it but just needs help? Who are the resources like yourself to to reach out to? How do we get the workshops um, like Code.org and, and CS Fundamentals to the areas that need them? Like it's a it's a lot. And it requires a lot of people to bring to the table. Um, it requires us to look at how we're currently using our resources. Because um, my my grant dollars and my dollars come from the state are meant to be generative. And so um, who else can I get to the table in order to have an event or not even just an event, to, but to have a program? Um, and some of it's, you know, here's how the ISD and I partner because they are my fiscal. And here's how a business can come to the table and like, you know what, I want an intern. And I'm like, great, which teachers have students that can actually that are ready for an internship? Because that's part of it as well as like bringing people to the table and let's talk about what these needs are saying. And you said there's a whole network throughout Michigan of people yep. just like you. So if um, listeners aren't local to the TBISD or Sharam area. They how would they find their MyStem person so they could learn yeah. more about this? Um, so I would go to uh, Michigan.gov uh, forward slash MyStem. Um, you would be able to find your director there, and then part of it's also reaching out to the other ne- networks like Remsey, like Mets, the Math and Science Center Network, etc. Trying to figure out like, okay, so who are the who are the people that I can connect with? Um, but I would start with the MyStem state site for how do I connect with you? The workforce wants these specific set of skills. Why is STEM the vehicle to get our kids there? 
I would say because it allows for a way that shows students how learning can be cross-curricular and it shows how it can be applicable. So if you're working um, with, oh, I'm going to fall back on manufacturing because it's my experience. If a manufacturer, for example, wants an intern, they're going to go look for a student that has engineering experience. They're going to go look for a student that has solid science experience. They're going to look for a student whose teacher is going to say, yep, this kid shows up on time, apologizes when they don't show up on time, has the basic mathematics skills in order to push them forward. They ask for help. That was a huge one that's been coming up lately, you know, wide variety of my conversations of like the kid these kids know how to ask for help and i would say stem like a lot of the careers moving forward are based in those four arenas and like more and more the workforce is working from home you've got telecommuting going on we actually have a really strong uh, computer science uh, programmer base here in traverse city that most people don't know about because they're all working from home yeah if you're a homebody and you like to work from home and you've got solid computer science skills like people in New York City would rather hire someone from Traverse City than someone who lives in New York because it's a fraction of the price and it's pretty competitive or go to the co-op like if you do need to work with people so that's another skill set that I don't think many teachers are aware of because most people don't realize I wouldn't say most people I would say people who traditionally have to show up at a space for work um don't fully understand what it means to work from home. So if you're a kid that can't do an online course, like you have to have a lot of self-regulation skills to be able to work from home. Um, Because like there are days where I work from home and it's great. I get to sit down and actually focus on what's going on. There are days where I'm just too distracted by how cute my cats are and I have to go into the office because I will get nothing done. So that's, that's another example of the disconnect. You mentioned teachers a lot. Yeah. And... A concern that I have or a question that I have is, is it teachers to my STEM or is it district to my STEM? It seems like we're asking a teacher to do a lot without support from the district. And it's such a large thing that we're asking them to do. I mean, we're basically asking them to look at their curriculum and figure out ways to fit, fit STEM in. It doesn't seem like that should necessarily be the teachers, I mean, it really doesn't seem like it should be the teacher's job or all on the teacher. It seems like the district should be supporting the teacher in their curriculum to allow for something as important as STEM to be embedded in what they do every day. It should just be there. How are we yeah, so I'm really yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that is another layer of of the MyStem network of looking at how do we talk with our districts because it should, in my opinion, it's got to be both. You have to have those guerrilla educator teachers who who are doing this regardless. Who's like this? Look, this works pushing in my it classroom. forward, yeah. pushing it forward, especially for an administrator um, who didn't teach that way. I've seen EBR. I've I've been talking to people about CPM, um, classroom makers over like a lot of that. Students will show you their learning. How do you stop talking at the kids and help guide them through their learning? And that's an evolution from where some people were in the classroom, you know, maybe 20 years ago. And so there's the flip side of that of like, okay, how does the district move forward with the research of what good learning looks like and how do they support the teachers that way as well? And so that's that's another conversation. And sometimes it's packing people up in the car and going to a school where they're doing that. And sometimes 
it's, you know, bringing people to the table or having business and education just sit at the same table and talk about what that means. And sometimes it's a district administrator. Sometimes it's a principal. Sometimes it's a teacher. So, yeah, that is a lot to ask teachers. And in no way, shape or form do I expect every teacher to be like, yeah, let's go for this. And like if you don't have the support of your admin, you're either one, not going to do it right two, not do it at all or three do it, but also have a really uphill battle. To the resources climb. end up. I mean, we've seen it so many times in the classroom. A teacher has a great idea or wants to pursue this, and the energy, the time, the resources run out, or they move. Yeah. So something happens at this one school and it's getting some traction, but then the teacher gets moved to X school yeah. and then it's, it's gone it's because gone. they take it to that school. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's hard to get any real traction yeah. if it's not kind of site or district based. And I've just seen it too many times where they have that STEM classroom and it's dedicated and it's all good. And then next year it's a uh, closet. Yeah. And I would say like from my vision, my personal one, I wouldn't say this is necessarily the whole my STEM network's vision, is that every teacher is comfortable with STEM. Like long term, years down the road, like anyone is comfortable, like here's where, you know what, we're going to do uh, a literature and science lesson and we're going to time together today um, because I think everyone needs those skills. But until you have people from the administrative side of things and, and the teachers working together in that space, it's it's going to be frustrating and it's I mean, it's going to continue with teachers popping around and kids either getting it or not getting it, depending on where that teacher or helpful administrator is. So. So there's a thing that's happening that maybe administrators and teachers should maybe get involved in. Isn't there like a workshop coming up? Oh, yeah. We've got our um, elementary as engineering workshop um, coming up pretty quickly here, which, by the way, you get a free elementary as, as engineering kit if you decide to attend. Plug um, away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so Heidi Skodak is the one who's running the workshop for us, and uh, she's been fantastic in helping me plan this, and it's been a long time coming. Um, and so here's a way that here's a program that looks at how do you apply engineering in an elementary classroom. It's all tied to a a story about a something related to either solar ovens or building bridges or um, I think designing circuits. So if you if you do circuits with your kiddos or you, or if you've designed solar ovens with your kiddos before, just here's another way that you can do it. That's also ties back to some of your standards. And uh, you know Heidi Skodak, your per, your STEM person, is on board for this. So like you know you're gonna get some level of support in addition to you're gonna walk away with you get to choose from one of those three kits um, to have that go back in your classroom. And I know that you guys have the materials in your elementary materials center to check out more kits if you decide that you really like elementary as engineering. I think this is a great model mm -hmm. for this. So we have the MySTEM network partnering with our a district administrator, yep. working with district resources to support teachers. And MySTEM resources as well. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. and that's kind of and that's kind of what this is supposed to do is like the one kit that you get to take home back and keep to your classroom, like that's technically coming out of my funds. There'll be a sticker on it, but overall I don't care. There's more resources back in your elementary material center that you guys can just check out and that you don't have to worry about how am I going to replenish this kit once I use all the consumables because you have the center for that. I will say too, kudos for choosing that program because I think the engineering is elementary um, kit and their philosophy is phenomenal. It is top notch for kids. And I also think it's great for 
you know, you mentioned educators that have built solar ovens before and want something different. I think it's great for the educator who has no clue what they're doing and is just excited about trying to help kids learn. Yeah. And I will. It's very easy to get into. Yeah. And honestly, so how I'm structured is that there's me and then I have an advisory council from the local level um, and I have an education subcommittee of that. And so Heidi sits on that board and that Cole sits on on that, that committee. But then Shelly Vandermulen, who used to work in your elementary material center, sits on it. Um, Michael George sits on it. We've got someone from SHARM and the NMLC group that sits on it. Um, and then we've got a, a teacher from Greenspire who sits on it, too. So here's our education education resource within the committee and like they're the ones who actually self-identified that because they recognize that we're not doing a lot of engineering or science um, at the elementary level and they're just like you know what we've used this before and it's a pretty easy entry toward that's not scary for teachers to use. Give us the details for the workshop. Okay so the workshop you can uh, register on our MyStem page for the local one so um, my local link is mystem.tbaisd.org and TBA is my fiscal, so I service many organizations, but they are my fiscal, so that their name gets in the URL right now. Um, and so you go under um, educators. There's a whole resource for you for you guys that lists out any workshops that's going to be pop- popping up in the area, and you would go. The registration link is there. Um, if you are struggling with your administrator for sub costs, what you would be able to do, though, is that we actually have a, a teacher professional learning scholarship that you can apply for and be like, oh, OK, great. You know what? You're going to willing to cover my sub costs. Great. If you're not from within TCAPs and like then you're starting to get the argument over, well, the drive to Northport, we don't know if we can like pay your gas or your mileage or what happens if a snowstorm happens. You can also apply for that for that scholarship as well and we'll pay your mileage and whatnot. And that's not just for this workshop. That's for any workshop or conference. If you want to go to McCall, let us know. We're going to do a carpool down there, I'm sure. Um, but like that that's what that scholarship is for is to make sure that you guys can attend this this workshop the workshop itself is november 26th we need you to register as soon as possible it will be first come first serve so i'll let you guys know when it is full i will feed you so you don't walk away hungry that day the rest is all on heidi like she's she's going to be the one leading you guys through it now you also have mini grants available right now. Yeah. Can you talk about those? This is my second year as a uh, regional director. And I spent a lot of time listening to educators, both uh, out and about in the community and also in their classroom, listening to the different consultants, both from within TCAPs and within TBA and listening to my fellow, my STEM directors. So what came up from all of those conversations was we don't have the resources. How can we just try this if like I don't want to spend $1,000 or $500 on additional materials like out of my own pocket? So we created a mini grant system where like, okay, you've got an, uh, an, an idea of how you can bring STEM into your classroom. Great. For the first tier, which is um, I just want to try something. $500. I just want to try great, come apply. We'll review it to make sure that you've actually thought it through. This is not meant for, oh, we're out of 
crayons in our classroom all work. Like it's not meant to replenish anything. It's meant to actually be for a project of some kind. I really think Ozobots are cool, but I don't have a plan to do it. Yeah, something like that. Or, hey, I really or want a set of Bloxels in my classroom. Or I want a set of iPads, but I don't know what, I'm, like you do in fact have to think about what this is through. Or like, once again, if you want to go to the EIE workshop and you find another one that you really want, but uh, maybe you're a little worried about like when you're going to get your stuff, you can apply for this grant and get a whole nother kit to try. It's really meant to be like, think about what you want to try in your classroom. Here's some funds for this. It is meant for materials, not for just like hiring a, in a consultant or something like, well, like that to come into your classroom. It is meant for materials for you to do, but like that's what that's for. And then we have a second tier, which is $1,000, where if you're working in a team environment that includes business or the community that's that's a little bit more meaningful, that's showing like, here's how it's a little bit more cross-curricular. This is how we're bringing in the workforce component. Like, for example, if you're, if you've decided to code.org, like all their resources for code.org are free, but you, there are programmers here in town who are very much aware that computer science is not necessarily being taught in our schools and they want it to because their kids are here in these schools. And they're just like, you know what? Let's use micro bits in the class room. Um, but micro bits are $15 a pop, not including the alligator clips. And how do we, who's going to teach the this kids the Python? Well, then you can bring in, you can purchase all the stuff for the micro bits. You can bring in the community partner to help the kids with what your programming is going to be. But also micro bits has a free curriculum that's either tied to code.org, their own thing, project lead the way. And I think there's one more, I'm not entirely sure. But anyways, there's at least those three that you can apply to your classroom, but you do need some seed funding to purchase the materials for your class. And that's what the thousand dollar one is for. Um, because we really want people talking to each other. We really want people reaching out to each other over like, what does this look like? And so those applications, which also can be found on our website, are due November 27th with the goal to have them announced in December. So you can do this right after the school, no, the turn of the year, and give us your feedback and your evaluations before the end of the school year so you're not losing your mind. Um, so that's that's what the mini grants are for. And you my, have all the resources. Wow. I, not all, all the of them, but I'm the trying. Resources. I'm trying pretty hard. Yeah, and so, and that came out of, that idea came out of um, actually another region, another MyStem region in the state was doing it, and um, they didn't reach 100% saturation, but it allowed for certain schools who typically either get forgotten or lost to explore how to do STEM in their classrooms. And once again, I'm not prescribing what you do. You do have to think it through. You do have to tie it to your standards. You do. And if you need help reaching out to a community member, I've got people who can help you with that. There's that part as well, because I know reaching out to community members can be scary. You still have to have a have at least thought it through, because if you give me an application that it looks like you're just purchasing classroom materials and that's it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you no on that one. So. so what do you hope for in terms of the future of this program? Oh my gosh. So I hope for, oh gosh. World domination. World domination in STEM. Woo! <laughs> um, what I'm really hoping for is that teachers feel empowered by, well, by their administrators, by the state, by community partners to try things out in their classroom and to not feel the fear of how does this tie back into what I'm doing? Like you, ha you have people you can go out and ask questions to. I'm hoping that kids are thinking like 
maybe you ask the kids what they want to do. We want to work on an erosion project or we want to go to the bay and count like how many birds have died from whatever bird flu's going on. Like, you know, how do you bring in the student voice to this? How do you have a full supportive community coming in saying this is how these are our issues. Please, kids, come solve this. Because um, I think that's another component. Or just how do we expose kids to these type of careers that no one knows are going to be out there in 20 years? It seems like, you know, I think STEM gets labeled or viewed sometimes as coding. Yeah. It's coding, you know, and so. Or it's first robotics and yeah. exclusively first robotics. Exactly. Whereas, whereas really it's more about problem solving. It's taking, yeah. it's taking learning and making it applicable. If you're talking about food chains, okay, let's talk about the invasive species that are found out in our bay. Let's talk about like, why is it important for the microplastics that from the 3D printers, how do we make sure that those do not wind up in our food chain and wind up in the fish that we also eat when we go fishing? Oh, you know, how, how does that affect us? And, you know, we talk about food chains, we talk about food webs, we, we talk about, you know, pollution on some level. What does that actually mean? It's taking the, st- it's the things about. that are, it's, it's really, it's just good practice. It's good educational practice. Yep. We just have to maybe take that one, one extra step, that one courageous step <laughs> away from what's, what's built into the curriculum we're mm-hmm. getting from wherever we're getting our curriculum from and going, okay, how can this be applied to something that our students care about? Yeah. And I love that the state of Michigan is seeing that this is valuable. They're, yeah. they're putting money behind it. They're not just giving us another mandate that we have to do. They're saying this is important and we're going to give you people that will help guide you and make this happen. So yeah, I'm very and I would, fortunate. Yeah. And I would also say that our legis- a lot of my work is legislative based. That's where some of my requirements come from, which a lot of those are listening to the businesses. And so um, I'm someone where if something doesn't make sense – a teacher can be like, Drea, here's my concern. This is what's popping up. And if it's something that is systemic, because let's face it, a lot of these issues are systemic, I get to go down to Lansing and advocate for what's going on. And um, the executive director of the program, uh, Megan Schrauben, she's the one who like meets with the governor's office saying, okay, here's where we're struggling with in, in STEM education and you really need to listen to this. So that's that's another piece of what I do. Like I don't get to spend the days in the classrooms with the kiddos and see like them doing it every day, most days, but I at least get to like take those stories with me and, and advocate. Tech Tool of the Week. Sexual of the week. I want to talk about the STEM and Literature Project. Drea, would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure. I'm going to have to let everyone know that my hat is shifting here a little bit. I'm not just the MyStem uh, regional director for us. I'm also one of the REMC RITS members for us. And um, this... Oh, I just want to stop really quick. We're going to have an acronym like list. Oh, just what they for all this podcast. Just for I this know. podcast because you've thrown about seven of them out. And they usually I stop and go... And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. But we're just going to let this go. Just no, list. once again, I work with legislators. So I like it doesn't I, I, I've now like become so accustomed to them. I don't even realize I'm using them as anymore. It's OK. Yeah. SEL. That was a new one I had to teach one of my coworkers this week. It was great. Which Seven. is social emotional learning. Woo! All right. Yeah. STEM and Literature Project. Tell us. <laughs> so promoting STEM through Literature Project. Okay. So this came out of the Remsey Classroom Makers Project. And I think the thought was, uh, first of all, this I do not own this project. One, it is a REMC project. And two, um, 
Judy Bowling and Carrie Giuliano are the wonderful, masterful ladies throughout the state who came up with this project and have been promoting it at every single EdTech conference this summer. And this year, they are doing full-day workshops throughout the state of how do you apply this. Anyways, taking another step back is that um, this came from the Classroom Makers Project where they're using all that make philosophy in the classroom and how do you how do you give students time to actually ask questions and inquire and through their own space by making great um, some of the things that people were running into, teachers were running into throughout the state were like, that's great. How does this tie into my standards? That's great. We've got the third grade reading bill coming down the pipeline. We don't have time for this. Okay, well, maybe it fits, you know, on the day before Thanksgiving when all the kids are squirrely. But, you know, I don't really see this as something that I can continuously have in my classroom. And so looking at the third grade reading bill, the feedback from the teachers, and like, how does this tie into my classroom? How do I get my administrators on board? Um, those two wonderful ladies, Carrie and Judy, they actually went and like, okay, let's go look at which books that are for the most part based on real people and that have design thinking and making in their story. And so they picked out all of these books. Many of them are um, by people of color or marginalized voices or like um, people who suffer from autism. And like here are these stories that they also have created like a pseudo, like I don't know if they're called key cards or it's, it's like a pseudo lesson plan. Danielle, help me yeah, out. Yeah, there, there's a here. lesson plan and there's sample questions that you can use, but there's also sample activities that you can connect yeah. with the maker kits that are waiting at MC for you to be checked out. Um, or if you read the book yourself, you might come up with three other ideas on how you can use making to connect these. They're phenomenal books and the work that those ladies have done is top notch. Yeah, and they're free. So we have those books at Ramsey for you to check out. We have the list of materials that require that go along with the lesson plans. Okay, so here we have these free materials for you to check out and actually go back and apply it in your classroom. We also, like they're K-12. I sat down with the secondary English consultant over at TBA and I was like, hey, so these are picture books. And um, usually when I think about picture books, it's for elementary school, but they're telling me this is K-12. This is not. You're in uh, a safe place here. Yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> I'm just like, this is, this is not yeah. my, my area of expertise. And then like I shared with her the website. I shared with her, here's a lesson plan, one of the lesson plans tied to one of the books. She immediately tied three different standards for sixth grade into the lesson plan. And so that's kind of one of the things too, where if you guys are confused about how do I fit this in? Like, what does this look like in my classroom? Like this is meant to be K-12 and like there are people here within TCAPs. There's here, there's people within TBA who are just like, let me, let me help you out. Um, but go to the website. It's bit.ly slash pstlmaker. And you can see the resources that are available. My tagline, I've got this. And of course, I have to throw the A in there because I love Steam. Yeah. Um, Steam is lit. No? Yeah? No? Okay. Yeah, Moving no. on. <laughs> really nice. Just a little Larry. Yeah. Tutorials and updates. I just wanted to throw out, um, you shared with me yesterday, two days ago, um, your um, dig sit for parents, oh, Danielle. Yeah. Which I thought was Awesome. Thank I you. Think and Steffi. And Steffi. Well, you shared it on your own. I had to so. give, but, give credit. Um, the presentation is great. There's so much in there. And I have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot with that in the upcoming weeks because I think it's really important 
to be communicating some of those resources with our parents. It's just it's just too important. In closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPSLOOP. At Brostrom DA. At Drea Weiner. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Leave a review. We love the feedback. Thanks for listening and inspiring. Yes! This is why I love you. <laughs> <laughs>